0: to see you. Good to see some faces I haven't seen in a while. It's uh, a privilege and a delight to be here together in a world that um, some are finding right now to be very gloomy, be depressive, can be weighty. We turn our hearts and our minds this weekend to the theme of thanksgiving, of gratitude. I invite you to turn in your Bibles or follow along if it's going to be on the screen to Psalm 136. We're going to get real this morning about gratitude. So I'm 136. I'm going to invite you. Do we have that up on the screen or no? Just so I can... We don't. That's okay. So there's Bibles in front of you. They're the little black covered things that we so seldom pick up. I invite you to pick it up and turn to page 616 in your pew Bibles. Psalm so 136. And the reason I want you to turn in particular this morning, not only because it's good habit, but because um, there's a refrain that I'm going to invite you to respond to. Uh, Worship is a participatory event, and today the reading of Scripture is going to be participatory. So you will respond with the italicized, His love endures forever. Beloved, let's read God's Word together. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, Give thanks to the Lord of Lords, to him who alone does great wonders, who by his understanding made the heavens, who spread out the earth upon the waters, who made the great lights, the sun to govern the day the moon and stars to govern the night. And to him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt and brought Israel out from among them with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder and brought Israel through the midst of it. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. To him who led his people through the desert. Who struck down great kings. And killed mighty kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites. And Og, king of Bashan. And gave their inheritance, land as an inheritance. An inheritance to his servant Israel. To the one who remembered us in our lowest state. And freed us from our enemies. And who gives food to every creature. Give thanks to the God of heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, indeed. George Orwell, the great English essayist, recounts a moment in one of his essays that is really quite touching. For some reason or another, Orwell was invited to witness an execution or forced to witness an execution, a public execution. I'm not sure why, but he recounts that on the morning of the execution, he watched the prisoner being taken out by two soldiers, one on his right and one on his left. It was a rainy day. Puddles were all around. And as they were walking to the gallows with the soldier between the two soldier, uh, the prisoner between the two soldiers, Orwell noticed that there was a mid-sized puddle in the pathway up ahead of them and that the prisoner was heading directly for the puddle. The soldiers did not swerve to the right or the left but continued on straight, And Orwell noticed that as this prisoner came to the puddle, just moments before he was going to lose his life, he delicately, almost imperceptibly, sidestepped the puddle and walked around it. And this was touching for Orwell. Touching perhaps because even in the darkest days, in the most difficult of moments, there are things to behold that are beautiful, maybe subtly beautiful, but things to be thankful for. In this moment for Orwell, it was witnessing a prisoner just about to die, still caring for himself in a most mundane, but a most human of human ways, sidestepping a puddle. For those who are willing to pay attention, friends, there's much to be grateful for. All the time, everywhere, no matter what is going on. In all probability, just given the placement of Psalm 136 in the Psalter, right before Psalm 137, when you will note Israel weeps and asks God how they can sing songs while sitting at the rivers of Babylon in exile, in all probability, the context in which Psalm 136 was written and certainly in which it was chanted and sung, Was one of deep darkness, of strife, of much pain, of many puddles. The searing pain of abandonment, loneliness, loss of home, fear, anxiety. Sound familiar? Can you identify? And yet, despite this context, there is thanksgiving in this psalm. And the call to thanksgiving. And yet, despite the context, there is the repeated, almost overly repetitive declaration of the love of God in this psalm, and that God's love endures forever. Forever, forever, forever. This phrase is repeated 26 times. 26 times. God's love endures forever. For those who are willing to pay attention, friends, there's evidence all around of God's enduring love. His always moving, never stop soothing, yesterday and tomorrow love. And thus, there is always reason, as inscribed in the first verses of our text. And as we are reminded throughout, there's always reason for us to give thanks, to say thanks, to call each other to give thanks, and to heartily praise the Lord. All we need to do, according to the psalm, is pay attention. Pay attention. In a world of televisions and iPhones, iPads and earpods, in a world of panic and pandemic, fur and fervor, paying attention is, I grant you, as difficult as ever. Being still, quieting the soul, becoming aware of what good God is doing, or has done, or will do, this is tough, but we are called sometimes to step away, take a deep breath, and simply pay attention. Stop all of our doing and watch. Pay attention in particular to the signposts all around us of the always moving, never stop soothing, yesterday and tomorrow love of God. His love that endures forever. Forever and ever and ever. Where can we see this enduring love of God and be stoked unto thanks for it? Well, to begin with, we can see it in the creational structures, according to our psalm. It's verses 3 through 9, taking the brain out. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, to him who alone does great wonders, who by his understanding made the heavens, who spread the earth out upon the waters, who made the great lights, the sun to govern the day, the moon and stars to govern the night. Are you struggling to be grateful lately, like I have been sometimes? Does it feel like all puddles lately? Then do this. Try this. Get out of your house, if you're able. Get off the couch. Turn off the TV. Stop watching the news. Have a sabbatical from Netflix and Disney Plus and Amazon Prime and CNN. Go outside. Head for the mountains. Find a river, bask in the sun, stand by a 200-year-old tree for an hour, or just sit there. But just get out and be silent and watch. Or as some would like to put it, if you're struggling to be grateful lately, then go out and get into nature. I personally do not like that term, nature because it derives from the word natural, and there is nothing natural about nature. The creation, according to Scripture, is God's palace temple, the careful, deliberate, creative work of the supreme master architect. And so to go into the creation then is not to go into something natural. It's to go into something that is irreducibly supernatural, something created, something designed something with the imprint of a creator. Indeed, as our text says, it's to enter into a great wonder. The miracle is all around. Be quiet. Pay attention. See what God is doing in the world. One of the most intriguing areas of research, current research, writes a scholar at the University of Minnesota, is the impact of nature, of going into the creation, on general well-being. In one study in Mind Magazine, 95% of those interviewed said their mood improved after spending time outside, changing from depressed, stressed, and anxious to more calm and more balanced. According to Psalm 136, it's no wonder they did, because in the nature that is not natural, one can experience, even without knowing it, the wonders of God, with the sense that God's love really does endure forever. There is something stable here that transcends and goes beyond all of the instability we so often witness. Yes, there is chaos in the world, friends, as the waters of verse 6 in our text represents. Waters in Scripture is so frequently a symbol of chaos. But behold it, there is also a stable mass of land that has been stretched over this chaos and that has not been washed away. God has given us terra firma, firm earth, something stable. Walking upon it, therefore, digging our toes in it, can remind us of this. It brings us back to earth, if you will. And yes, there may be disruptive moments, but behold, it doesn't stop the quiet movement of the clouds. So go lay down on your back sometime when you have some Spare time, just lay looking up into the sky and watch the clouds go by. Stop thinking that you have always more important stuff to do. See what it does to your soul just to see the clouds meandering on their way, to see God at work. There may be shocking events and terrible surprises in our world today, every day actually, if you are attuned to cable news, but step away from it. And behold, all of the noise and fog won't stop the predictable circumambulations of the sun and moon that in obedience to God keep to their designated courses. When was the last time in the dark of night you climbed a mountain or drove to the top of one and simply marveled at the moon? There may be great darkness in our world, friends, physical and moral. But all the gloom does not prevent the stars' notice, so distant and so remote from shining their brilliant light and existing in a place that humans cannot touch and cannot fathom. Scientists tell us that there are as many stars in the universe as there is sand on the seashore. Do you remember when you were a child and looked up at the stars and felt so incredibly small? And how good, actually, it can feel to feel so incredibly small. Pay attention, people of God. Pay attention to the world outside your living room and beyond the simulated realities that are taking over our lives. Pay attention to the great and beautiful world that God has made and especially the deep creational structures that He is upholding as an expression of His always moving, never stop soothing, yesterday and tomorrow love. You will find that there is indeed much to be grateful for and praise to God the Creator, no no matter how gloomy things become. Not only God the Creator, though, but also God the Redeemer. Verses 10 through 20 of our text. Give thanks to him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt and brought Israel out from among them with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm to him who divided the Red Sea asunder and brought Israel through the midst of it, but swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea to him who led his people through the desert, who struck down great kings and killed mighty kings, Sihon, king of the Amorites, Ah, king of Bashan. All this too is evidence that God's love endures forever, forever and ever and ever. One of the ways that Scripture tries to stroke, stoke our gratitude and enable us to see the enduring love of God is by saying to us, in essence, come and see. Come and see what God has done is doing and will do in his works of redemption. He has liberated the captives and will do so. He has let, set, the, set the say it, slaves free and will do so. He has administered justice, is doing so, and will do so. He has not let, let the wicked prevail, and he won't do so. So, don't only go outside and dwell in silence and wonder at God's creative love to find gratitude. According to Psalm 136, Look out for signposts of God's saving love as well. Pay attention, therefore, to where people are speaking the truth, even though it might cost them royally. Pay attention to those moments when people are fighting for justice and liberation of the oppressed, even though the battle is hard and the victories are few. There are signposts that God is at work in the world, not only yesterday and today, to rescue it, to renew it, But there are signs all around us even now sometimes we just need to be still to see it i listened with great joy a few weeks ago as the refugee committee stood up here and gave us kind of a reminder of where we have come from and those who have been brought to canada by the great generosity of this work of this church and the work of that committee i likewise watched in stillness and with deep thanksgiving this past week as the former Facebook employee, Mrs. Frances Haugen, exposed the highly dubious practices of Facebook when it comes to placing profits over people, especially young people, whom it knows its algorithms and advertisements can cause addiction and harm to. I had a similar moment when my long-time good friend Jeff McDonald was telling me about how he and the crown, he works for the crown up in Prince George, is seeking and working to see justice done. I feel the same way when I think about police men and police women who fight for justice, who protect from dangerous people, and who seek the restoration of those who are in prison. And friend, I also feel this way when I think about those who are Ultimately rescued by God, not just their bodies, but their souls as well, as they fall down in repentance and receive the forgiveness that Christ offers. And this is happening every single day all around the world, especially in places like China, which is some 39 million Christians today, almost twice as many as it had only a decade ago. And thank God for it, to be sure. Thank God for his works of redemption. Evidence in real time of his always moving, never stop soothing, yesterday and tomorrow love. Gratitude is sparked by God's work of creation. Gratitude is sparked by God's work of redemption. And finally, gratitude as sparked by God's work of provision. Providing for us. It's verses 21 through 26 of our text. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords who gave their land as an inheritance, an inheritance to his servant Israel to the one who remembered us in our lowest state and freed us from our enemies, who gives food to every creature. Give thanks to the God of heaven. If you are struggling to be grateful lately, go outside. Bask in the beauties that God has put there. Also watch out for moments in this world that speak to the saving love of God. And in addition to these things, if you're struggling to find things to be grateful for, and all is gloomy, then do what the seniors in this church a couple weeks back advised us all to do. Count your blessings one by one. Look around your life at the simple things to see where God is providing for you. Count your blessings. Things may be hard, things may be brutal, but there are always blessings to be counted. And it's a good discipline just to name them Seniors reminded me, and to simply thank God for them. Not just the big things, please, but also all of the very many little things, and perhaps especially those little things, the seemingly insignificant things that bring texture and pinpricks of joy to our lives. And see God there. To be sure, as the psalmist here says, give thanks to the Lord of Lords who gives food to every creature. Food, it's so basic. It's so easy to take for granted, but it is such a profound and prodigious gift, something to be truly grateful for. I remember the first time I visited Mepkin Abbey in um, Charleston, South Carolina. It's a Trappist monastery. They, you're able to eat with the monks and any other guests who are at the abbey, but one of the things that they require is that you eat in complete and utter silence. It is amazing how much better the food tastes actually when you have to eat it in silence. Because you just become aware of the act of eating. And yourself is a creature who is dependent on the provision of God. I don't know about you, but sometimes I lay in bed at night after a hard day. And when I'm feeling defeated, I don't know what to pray for or I find it difficult. And one of the things that I have learned to do is to not think about the day that has just happened, not to think about what's going to happen tomorrow, But to simply try to become aware of the present moment and the gifts that God is giving and providing right in that moment. The simplest of simple things, which are some of the greatest gifts. Clean sheets, a quiet room, a dark room, sleeping children. All of the simplest things. And it's amazing how as you just become aware of these simple things, your heart can be filled with gratitude. It is one of the reasons, by the way, I think, that grown-ups should regularly, consistently surround themselves with little children. Because children have an uncanny way of reminding us how to be grateful for the simple things. We can think we need so much to be happy, and often we do. Children remind us that sometimes the box the Christmas present came in is more interesting and fun than the gift that was within it. Children, remind us that mud isn't only dirty. It can also be a source of joy for fingers and toes for hours on end. My sister Yvonne asked her daughter Gina when she was some three or four years old what her favorite food in the whole wide world was. Gina did not hesitate in her answer. Wiener water soup. That's right, the water from boiled wieners. Out of all God's marvelous foods in this world, My little niece didn't pick chocolate or burgers or pizza. The thing she is most grateful for is wiener water soup. The water from boiled wieners. Give thanks to the Lord, beloved of God, for he is good. Puddles may abound, but his love endures forever. Forever and ever and ever, we can see it in his works of creation, we can see it in his works of redemption, and we can see it in the simple things of our life where God is working actively to provide for us, not always what we want, but what we may need at this present time. To be sure, in these ways we can see his always moving, never stop soothing, yesterday and tomorrow love. All praise to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray together. Lord God, we just ask simply that you would create in us hearts of gratitude. Help us to become aware in a world that is trying right now and difficult and sometimes dark, to become aware of your goodness, of your faithfulness, of your enduring love. And as we approach the table in a moment here, oh God, we pray that you would make this real for us as we eat of your body